<laughs> Look, I had a nice little intro all set up, but these two fuckwits <sighs> won't stop laughing. So I feel like that's going to be the intro. Normally I do some zingers and we'll be away, but no, we've got Giggles 1 and Giggles 2. Smitty, how the fuck are you? Oh, mate, I am. I'm very happy at the moment. Uh, oh, well, that makes one it's been an interesting lead into this this episode, and I feel like it's going to be a uh, quite an interesting one. So strap yourselves in. Yeah, that's it. We're going to get loose. I feel like TD. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks, Daz. Yeah, beautiful. And as always, I'm Daz, and we're a third of the way through the year, and I'm just about fucking had it. So that's where I'm at. Uh, not of the NFL season, and not of you two fellas, but just just in general. We'll go with that. All right, week six is over, fellas. What's the biggest thing that we learnt, Smithy? If you can actually talk, that'd be good. What was the biggest thing you yeah. learned this week, mate? Uh, biggest thing I learned is that the NFL can be very cruel at times. Um, my Panthers, goodness me. Mm. And we'll get into that. TD, your biggest lesson? Yeah, biggest lesson is probably just when you think you know, you know you've got a, a handle of things and you think you know what's happening, you know, the NFL happens. And that kind of happened today with, you know, the Bills last week. I thought they asserted themselves as the number one team in the AFC and, they, they probably still are, I think, but they had, you know, a sh- shock result today. So, yeah, you never know what's going to happen with the NFL. Yeah, that's it. Imagine locking up Buffalo. What more would do that? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, for those of you wondering, uh, me, I did, because that's pretty much how my week has gone. It's, oh, boy. Anyway, enough about me. Uh, let's go into fantasy recap. Smithy, how'd you go? Did you win? Did you lose? Who was your hero? Who was your villain? Yeah, I got a win against the undefeated team of the league. So, huge result. Uh, hero would have been Josh Allen today, even though they lost, he put up huge numbers and the villain it's, it's tough. A lot of my team performed, but if I had to pick one villain, it'd be uh Naheem Hines with 3.2. Not quite ideal. No, not ideal at all. TD, how'd you go, mate? The commissioner, is he back on top? Yeah, well, just quickly, um, my brother's been busting for a shout out in the show and I thought this would be the right time for it considering Smithy gave him a spanking in the fantasy so <laughs> there you are Rick um, yeah I got another win this week I'm on a nice winning streak the hero for me was obviously Leonard Fournette um, played the first game of the week and had you know his best game for a long time um, and then I've traded him so that's your result you get I think that's a bit of a theme with my heroes I've traded a few of them away and the villain for me Miles Gaskin you know he's up he's down 37 points on the bench last week and 2.4 points in the lineup this week. So, yeah, that's the joys of fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. And Dazzling actually outscored both of you fellows this week uh, and lost. So if you want an extra insight into just how well Big Dazzling's going, that's where I'm at. Uh, 153 put up this week. My hero was Jalen Waddle, the Penguin, which Smithy will love. We'll get into that in, in a sec, but he put up 29. I shopped him around at a bit of a high price during the week and got laughed at. And my simple sentence was he performs better with Tua. And he absolutely did. My Dolphins didn't, but we'll get stuck into that. Uh, villain, well, my apps just crashed. So, fuck if I know who my villain is. My villain's me. My villain's life. That's, oh, Jesus. Don't go down that path. Let's go to Rookie Watch. Smithy, yeah, your man, the Penguin, genuinely took the piss. Yeah, yeah, definitely got the three this week. Uh, Ten catches for 70 yards and two touchdowns was the big one. He found the end zone. So, shout out to the Penguin. Jamar Chase got the two. He had four, only four catches, but 97 yards. Um, he's one of the best deep threats in the league at the moment. And TD's man, Devontae Smith, was quiet against the Bucs. Uh, shout out to Jalen Hurts for that. But two catches for 31 yards. 
Yeah, absolutely. That puts Jamar Chase on 16 and the Penguin and Devontae Smith are down on 10 each. Let's get into your cert, Smithy. Now you're coming off unbelievable form. The kids have been eating lobster. I've been loving it. What are we having for dinner this week? Yeah, a little bit of a down week, uh, but luckily Colin was even worse. So I still got the win on the week. Uh, I had two out of five. I got Dallas uh, minus three and a half against New England. And I also got Kansas City minus 6.5 against Washington, but missed on Carolina plus 1.5 at Minnesota. Buffalo today at minus 5.5 against Tennessee and the Denver Broncos, who I'm really not pleased with uh, at minus 3.5 versus Las Vegas missed for me as well. But Colin only got the one. So uh, (laughs) he did get Baltimore minus 2.5 against the Chargers, but missed on Detroit, New England, Pittsburgh and Cleveland all at the line. So he is the mayor of Struggle Street and Dazzling's a resident. That's well, that's just not necessary, but thanks for bringing that up. Uh, overall, Smithy is 16, 13, and one. He's also really happy with himself, and Colin is 12, 18, and two. Uh, further, um, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, further proving my point in my rant last week. Now, normally when it comes to Daz's dickheads, I do three or four little topics at the end, um, but I've got a big bone to pick with both of you gentlemen at the end. So I just want to give a big clip to the Los Angeles Chargers. Really let me down over the weekend. Fully loaded was, I mean, look, it's as much as we want to say here, there, or anyway, you lose by 28, you went shithouse. And uh, shout out to the refs who decided to screw me over today against uh, four Buffalo with my lock. So they're my two clips. I'll get into my real dickheads of the week later on. Let's get stuck into the reviews. We'll start with the Eagles and the Bucks. And TD got a lock right for the first time since week three, which we love. 28 to 22 was the result. And TD, I'm pretty proud of myself with this leading question, but will that loss haunt the Eagles or taunt them? Yeah, good from you, Daz. Uh, I don't think it's going to haunt them too much. It's not the game that got away from them. They were never really in the position to win the game. Uh, And not many, including myself, gave them a chance to win that one. We're six weeks in and I still don't know what I think about Philly. Um, They've had good performances. They've had bad performances. They're not a good team. Uh, but they're staying in games and, you know, they're scoring late touchdowns, which are saving blowouts and, you know, it kind of makes them look better, I guess. The Bucks did lead 28-7, to you know, before two Jalen Hurts touchdowns saved the blowout. Like I said, late touchdowns saving blowouts. Uh, Philly were down six with just under six minutes to go. They had to make a stop to have a chance to win. The Bucks' offense was just too good. They went on a 12-play drive, two of two on third down, and they kneeled out the game. Fournette played a big role in the game. He had 20 carries or 20 or more carries, sorry, 20 plus carries, 81 rushing yards, two touchdowns. He also had six catches as well. He's clearly clearly taken that number one spot in the Tampa backfield, uh, which is which I've been calling for for a long time. And it's really good to see, you know, Leonard Fournette just quietly is one of my favorite players in the league and he has been for a while. Uh, Tampa Bay, they had six pass catches over 20 yards. They shared the load on offense, which they have done um, a lot this season. You know, Antonio Brown, probably did the best of them, but, you know, a lot of them are getting involved. The run game's starting to get going as well, like I said with Fournette before, and the Bucks, I think, are only going to get better um, when they're using the run. Philadelphia did manage 100 rushing yards on this really good Bucks run defense. They had allowed only one rushing touchdown this season. Uh, the Eagles got two, so now they've allowed three. And, you know, Jalen Hurts only threw 26 times, which really surprised me. I said to you boys coming into the game, I think he'll have 40-plus pass attempts. Uh, and he just came nowhere near that number. Um, but the difference in the game, the Bucks were able to move the chains. They kept drivers alive. 
Uh, and the Eagles, were, were, they couldn't do it. Tampa Bay had 40 minutes time of possession. The Eagles had 20 minutes. Uh, the Eagles, for me, I don't know about you guys, but they've been better than I expected them to be. Um, but they're going to need to string some wins together. Um, they can't just be a team that's going to win once every three to four weeks. And for the Bucks, they just keep rolling. They're going to win games like this without being great. They haven't really impressed me, um, but they're winning games and that's all they're going to do until the playoffs. They'll probably, you know, take it up a notch. Yeah, that's it. That's all they can ask for. And they've got the perfect man to do it. Now, Smithy, you're a big fan of the stock market, mate, the sporting stock market, as it were. Are you buying, holding or selling your Philly stock? I never had any, to be honest, because I, I pegged them as a three and fourteen team in the preseason. <laughs> so um, it's not like I had much. But if I did have any, I would be selling. I just don't think that um, they can be successful with Jalen Hurts at quarterback and a bad defense. It's not a good recipe. Yeah, I feel like by the end of the season, we'll be buying Philly stock because as it stands now, they've got three of the top 11 picks. So maybe some pain this season and maybe some gain next season. Let's move on to the Bears and the Packers. Smithy, your man, you backed in the uh, Bears again to watch. And again, they went shithouse. I don't know how many times I have to tell you to stop watching them, but that's the way we're going. Did we actually learn anything here apart from the fact that uh, Aaron Rodgers loves the celebration? Yeah, I genuinely don't think I came out of this game knowing anything more about either of these teams. They want to have new coming in. Uh, it was one of those really weird games where you sort of blink and you just go, oh, the Packers won by 10, whatever, and you move on to the next game. <laughs> it was a bit strange in that way. Aaron Rodgers screaming, I still own you to the Bears fans after a rushing TD is just everything to me. I think it, I thought it was so funny and it was so true. Um, he was 17 of 23 on the day for 195 yards two passing touchdowns and he had that rushing touchdown I mentioned and he does he just owns the Chicago Bears franchise at this mm-hmm. point um it was funny someone on Wikipedia changed team's owners to Aaron Rodgers and I thought that was great <laughs> oh, that's very good <laughs> Wikipedia is good for something sometimes mm-hmm. so uh, that, in, sa- oh, in saying this in a loss I thought Justin Fields looked a bit more comfortable as a passer this week um he did have the crazy interception but in fairness, I'm I'm not surprised that he thought the defender jumped off sides because I thought it was quite obvious watching the game that the defender did jump offside and it should have been a free play. So although he launched it into the end zone where no one was there, it was he thought it was a free play. So a little bit unlucky on that one, but he did look a bit more comfortable in the pocket passing the ball, um, which is a good sign for Chicago. Do they have a chance to win games moving forward? I think it all rides on their defense. I think their offense is going to be what it's going to be. They're going to run the ball a lot. They're not going to be very efficient. They're going to have limited big plays on offense, and they're not going to put up many points. So if their defense can stand up and win them games, they might be a middle-of-the-road team, but it's not looking all too good for Chicago at the moment. Um Little one for you, TD. Uh, I want to get your opinion on this one because I thought the way the Green Bay Packers used their two running backs was very interesting on the weekend. Um, Aaron Jones had 13 carries and AJ Dillon had 11 carries. So very, very equal workload from both of them. So I just want to get your thoughts on how that backfield is sort of working at the moment and if you think it's the right thing for the Packers to do to manage Aaron Jones through the regular season like they are. Yeah, I think it's a good thing to do. It's kind of the way the league's going now. 
um, running backs wise. You're seeing that a lot. You know, you see it with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard in Dallas. Oh, that's one that sticks out for me, obviously. Um, but a lot of teams are kind of, you know, ditching that um, workhorse running back, you know, probably minus Tennessee. Um, and it's probably the best way to go about it through the season. Um, probably when it gets to playoffs, you probably see more of Aaron Jones. But at the same time, um, it's really good to see AJ Dillon getting some work. And it's not like it'll come playoffs and it'll all be um, Aaron Jones. The playoffs will come, assuming Green Bay get there. And, you know, AJ Dillon will have his chance in there as well. Absolutely. Love it. Now, just quickly, if you take too long to think about it, I'll buzz you out. But uh, Aaron Rodgers' 22-5 and five record over the Bears is now third of all time winning percentage-wise for quarterbacks who have played an opposition 18 times. Does anyone want to have a guess who owns one and two, the player and the opposition? Uh, Tom Brady, New York Jets. Incorrect. Ooh. TD? He got the player right, but not the team. If you yeah, want I was going to say Tom Brady. I would have said the New York Jets. Um, but I'll say the Dolphins, but I I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll say the Dolphins, but I, I think the Dolphins usually find a way to beat him. Uh, that's Tom Brady versus the Bills is number yeah, one. Who yeah. do we want to guess at number two, Smithy? Quick, before we move on. Uh, he, is quickly, current, he is a current QB. He's a current QB. Uh, I'll say Ben Roethlisberger versus the Cleveland Browns. TD, what do you reckon? Yeah, I've seen the exact same thing. Yep. And you're both spot on. Well done. Huge. All right, for a game that we didn't learn anything, we, uh, we got through that in a... Uh, I learned something just then. So there you go. That's it. That's all we're here for, mate. It's Daz is nearly at the end, but still bringing what he can. Let's move on to the Jags and the Dolphins. And uh, for Dazzling, it was fantastic. Miami got to disappoint him on two different continents. He's flying. The Jags got their first win in what feels like a year. Well, it has been more than a year with a 23 20 win over my Finns. So, TD, how important was it for Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence that they got their first win in what seems like forever? Yeah, it's certainly good for them to get the monkey off their back. Uh, it's a bit of a pressure reliever for for both coach and quarterback. Um, you never want to be, you know, as highly touted as Trevor Lawrence is and and on some degree, you know, Urban Meyer as well and go this far into a season without a win. Uh, just doing some research through the week. And if you take away the Browns' 0-16 season in 2017, Jacksonville this year had the worst start to a season um, wins-wise, so most games without a win for a team that had the number one pick in the draft since the Browns in 1999. So that's how bad they've really gone. Um, you know, it's not ideal, but they've got the win now and, and that's all that matters, I think, for them at least. They can kind of build off that. You know, um, the second longest losing streak in NFL history is over. 20 games long, that's a lot of um, a lot of games and the Dolphins are a quarter of the way there, Daz. So um, let's hope that doesn't continue for you. Don't mean to pot you while you're down, but I will. <laughs> Don't mean to, but I will. That's the epitome <laughs> of no offense, but you're an asshole. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Smithy, now, look, it's not good news for my Dolphins, and uh, I am going to slightly escape from it here and keep talking about the Jags. Um, does a win cover any sort of deficiencies, or do people just need to remind themselves that it was just a bad team beating a potentially worse one? Yeah, I think there's still some glaringly obvious problems uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars at the moment, but um, the first one's the hardest to get, I think, especially when you've got a first-time head coach, rookie quarterback. You know, you've had changes all over in terms of your coaching staff, new personnel everywhere. So there was always going to be some teething issues, but to get the first one off their back is good. And like I said in the preview when I tipped Jacksonville, they've actually played better football every week consistently got better so 
that's all you can ask for as a Jags fan at the moment. And obviously to get that first win is huge. So if they can improve again next week and play a good game and continue to improve throughout the season, then I think that's got to be some sort of tick. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. All right, let's move on. Smithy's Washington football team uh, took on Kansas City and walked away with a 31-13 to loss. Now, normally this is a time where I lead in with a question or often when it comes to Smithy, a bit of a cocky remark, but I'm just going to go with a blanket statement here, mate. Uh, I'm coming to get you off the island and I'm not taking no for an answer. No, there's no need, mate. There's no need. I'm tu- I'm toughing it out. Tom yeah. Hanks style. That's, but when you think about it, Oh. If if Washington were four and zero or five and zero, we're probably still not picking them in this game. Yeah, okay, and if I had a bigger penis, my girlfriend would be happy. But that's not the way the world works, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> TD's lost it. That's cool. Oh no, uh, I'm, make- <laughs> I'm making a point, Smithy. Please continue. Oh my goodness, uh, we we always knew this was going to be a battle of offense versus offense. And the Chiefs were always going to win that battle. Uh, that's glaringly obvious. And the result shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. The Washington defense forced three turnovers, which is getting back to their current form. Uh, their former form, sorry. Um, but they still gave up 31 points, which is their current form. Uh, terrible defensive play once again. you got to hold teams lower than 30 points when you're creating turnovers like that. You know, three turnovers, that's a lot to force in one game. And to still give up 31 is just not good enough. Mm. But what is happening with Patrick Mahomes? He's had 15 interceptions in his last 15 starts. And he's had eight this season so far in six games. So it's, I know a few of them haven't been his fault. There's a lot that have gone off the hands of his receivers, which... Um, as we've discussed on this podcast, should the interception stat be a bit more uh, detailed in terms of what's classed as an interception and what's not, because a lot of them have just been blatant drops. But 15 in 15 games is not ideal. And for someone who's universally regarded as the best quarterback in the NFL, um, he's making quite a few mistakes. There was an absolutely, it's probably one of the worst interceptions I've seen in late in the second quarter where he was getting sacked and literally just threw the ball straight in the air into three uh, Washington football team defenders. So a um, bit concerning, but they managed to get the job done. Washington, yeah, they, they're the secondary in that defense is just not getting it done at the moment. And they need to have a good hard look at themselves, uh, see if they can maybe bring in some help at the trade deadline. If not, they need to go to the draft and look at safety and cornerback because that's the glaring hole in this team on the defensive side of the ball. And Taylor Heineke had a bit of a rough start, um, even though the Chiefs' defense is still terrerrible. So I feel for the lad. Yeah, it, it's, not, it's not a great situation to walk into because this offense wasn't designed to be high-powered, high-scoring, and um, he's, the defense is putting himself into position to... Uh, fail so yep. no good good win by the Chiefs um, absolutely that's what all. they needed uh, yeah. TD now Cam Newton dropped the YouTube video because apparently that's just how the modern world works saying that he's ready to play football and he actually got the jab which is good news he did the anti Kyrie Irving do you think it's time for Ron Rivera to um, 
get him on the phone and get him over to Washington? Do you think he can? Do you think he will? And would it work? I know that's three questions, but fire him through quickly and we'll move on. Yeah, I, I think I would love to see it. I, I really, you know, for some reason, I'm still a fan of, of Cam, although he hasn't been um, very productive as of late. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is due back um, in the next couple of weeks. So I, I think they might have left it a little too late if that was their plan. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it happens due to Fitzpatrick coming back. Bang, there you go. All right, let's move on to the Lions and the Bengals. Now, we touted this as a danger game and we needn't have worried. The Cincinnati Bengals just absolutely dominated with a 34-11 to 11 win. And TD, this is for you. Like I said, with the worry that it was a danger game, should the Bengals be taken more seriously because they put a bad opposition away? Yeah, I really think they should. Um, for me, the Bengals have flown under the radar this season. You know, going, you know, <laughs> coming up to the into the ESPN apps and, and stuff like that after this game, four and two pops up for them. I think it's a really good record for them. I thought after the loss last week, um, you know, I thought their record would be three and three after this. So four and two really snuck up on me, which was really good. Um, and young teams like the Bengals, struggle to get up for games like this. You know, you know, you can imagine a young team going into Detroit. They haven't won a game yet. And, you know, they're not as excited for the game. They're, they're excited probably to pad stats and, and see how many points they can win by. Um, but, yeah, I could imagine it being hard to get up for. And it wasn't a great performance for the Bengals. Uh, they really struggled to get going. They had the opening drive touchdown. They followed that with an interception and then back-to-back-to-back punts. Uh, they did get it together after halftime, though. They scored on all four of their second-half drives. Three of those were touchdowns. Uh, the Lions never really were a chance in this game. And as Daz said before, I, I kind of like their chances to keep this close, and it turned out being their biggest loss of the season. Um, I didn't think they did much wrong. They just didn't do much right, and that kind of sounds confusing when I say it out loud. Uh, but they only turned the ball over once, and they, they only allowed one sack. And I guess 36 rushing yards doesn't help um, for a team like that. It's, it's got two running backs they like to use in the run game as well as the pass. Uh, they just never found consistency on offense. Their first eight drives resulted in punt, punt, interception, turnover on downs, punt, 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 before two garbage time scoring drives. And you're never going to win a game with five first downs from your opening eight drives. So, yeah, the Bengals, they're exciting to watch. It's been a while. It's probably good for the league. And they've got a big divisional matchup with the uh, Ravens coming up next week. Which is going to be an absolute belter. Smithy, what did you think of Dan Campbell calling out Jared Goff in the the press afterwards? Do you think making it public is good, a good thing, a bad thing? What did you make of it? I mean, we can all see it. So it's not like he's... uh, He's not like he's exposing him for something that we can't see. He hasn't been good this year and he's making a lot of money. So um, he needs to be better. Otherwise, Detroit go to the draft. Yeah, absolutely. And between you, me and all of our amazing listeners, I reckon they just might. But hey, that's dazzling talking. Let's move on to uh, Smithy. Now, normally I give the team give the score and then give the question. But uh, look, look, it's the Panthers. And uh, is there anything we can do to numb the pain, mate? Because this was uh, this was rough on you. I was a uh, part of the Facebook chat that was going on in the uh, the last quarter. And you went through an absolute emotional roller coaster in the 34 to 28 loss. Yeah, emotional roller coaster is the way to put it. Um, I was pretty much dead inside at three-quarter time. Um, about halfway through the fourth quarter, pepped up. 
game tying touchdown. I was on top of Everest and then got even higher after they missed the field goal to send it to OT, but then realized that our defense wasn't going to stop Minnesota and that we'd lose anyway. And that's exactly what happened. So the funny thing is I'm not really that flat because uh, we did not deserve to win that game. Minnesota were the better team by far. They had 571 total yards of offense. 571 compared to our 325. That's nearly 250 yards more total offense. Uh, It's just not good enough. Sam Darnold was bad. He he was bad. There's no other way to put it. Um, I know that he took us on a 96-yard game-tying drive. I don't care. That's one drive. For the rest of the game, he was terrible. Um, At one point, actually, it was at three-quarter time, um, Carolina had 95 passing yards on the day. Minnesota had 91 yards lost due to penalties. So um, Minnesota were pretty much beating themselves in terms of the defensive end of the ball. Um, It was just a brutal game to watch. Our O-line is bad. And at this point as a fan, I'm not sure where to direct my anger. Should I be directing it at Sam Darnold for playing bad? Should I be directing it at our offensive line for playing bad? Should I be directing it at Matt Rule for coaching a bad game? Should I be directing it at Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, for calling a bad game? Should I be directing it at the owner of the team for not putting pieces around the offensive line and taking chances on washed-up secondhand quarterbacks? Um, yeah, it's it's not it's not great going from the jubilation of three and zero to the despair of three and three. But we've got the Giants next week, so let's see. Just a quick shout out to Kirk Cousins. He was amazing. Um, played really well. And Minnesota surprised me a little bit. Uh, they were explosive on offense and uh, very stout on defense, which I didn't expect. So good win by the Vikings. Pain for the Panthers. Not knowing where to direct your anger, mate. I'd like you to welcome to being a Dolphins fan. It's good to have you here. It's good to have you on board. You're a good man. So good to have Smithy on board there with that attitude. TD, I think the Vikings are becoming my New Orleans Saints for you. Because I couldn't predict what they were doing if they were standing in front of me. So I ask you, what the hell are the Vikings? Yeah, it is a funny question. Um, I kind of like the Vikings coming into the season and the way they started kind of, they, they let me down a little. They've found a couple of wins lately, um, seem to have kind of gotten their season back on track, I guess. Uh, as Smithy said, they had 571 total yards. So offensively, they're really good. Defensively, you know, they're, they're getting better. I don't know if this team makes the playoffs, but I can see them towards the end of the year being, you know, contending for a spot in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Now, I get the feeling this next game is not going to be one that's going to be covered in a lot of time, but the Colts deserve a lot of credit for their 31-3 to win over what looked like a deplorable Houston team. So, TD, I ask you, did you pay cash or credit to be a part of the Jonathan Taylor show? Yeah, both. Um, it, it was really good to see. But it's a bit of a shame that it didn't start on time. Um, Jonathan Taylor had four carries for seven yards with nine minutes left in the third quarter. Um, so to see his stats at the end of the day, it's it's really you know incredible. He it took an eighty-three yard run for him to get going. Uh, it was the longest run of the season in the NFL, and it really gave him some confidence. Um, not that he really needed it, or the Colts needed it in this game. They had they had the game under wraps um, in the second half pretty easily. 
he finished that that drive with the big run. Uh, three plays three plays later, he finished it with a four yard touchdown. The Colts went up twenty four three, and they never looked back. I thought Carson Wentz was really good in this game. Um, you know, he only threw the ball I think twenty times, had eleven completions, but he looked really good throwing the ball deep. Uh, he was three of four for one hundred and thirty one yards and two touchdowns. The deep ball looked really good from him in this one, uh, which is really good to see. And another thing with him. Um, he's really struggled with turnovers in his career and especially last year, but he's only managed two this year. Um, so that's going to be a big key for this Colts team going forward. And yeah, I thought their defense looked good. They forced three turnovers. They got two sacks. They did allow over 350 yards, but only three points. It was a rough day for Davis Mills. Um, and yeah, you can't really blame him. He had a couple of ugly interceptions, but you know, it was just one of those days. I think, I don't know if anyone expected the Davis Mills from last week, I didn't really expect it because you can't really expect that from a rookie like him. Um, but you expect days like this, and it, it's just unlucky for him. But, yeah, Houston have got the Cardinals and Rams coming up, so I think it's only going to get worse for them. Yeah, it absolutely will. Smithy, uh, and I'll get TD's thoughts as well. So a Reddit poll that I've got up here finishes in seven minutes at the time of recording. So if someone reminds me at the end of the show to let – uh, us know what the popular option is, but I want you to rate Carson Wentz's first third of the season out of 10. Don't think about it. First number, Smithy. Seven. TD. He's muted himself and tried to talk. That's where we're I'll at. Say, I'll say five. <laughs> five. All right, cool. So if someone reminds me, I'll let you know at the end of the show. If not, well, fucking what a waste of time that was. All righty. Let's move on. Smithy had the Ravens and the Chargers. It was touted as a game of the year, and unfortunately, only one of those teams stepped up. Baltimore got an absolutely dominant 34-6 to uh, six victory. Smithy, surely this is the statement year of the season by any team so far. Yeah, statement game of the season, absolutely. Um, it was a complete domination by this Ravens defense, which just had all the answers for what's looked like one of the most unstoppable offenses in the NFL through the first five weeks in the Chargers and fully loaded. Uh, they just couldn't get anything going, the Chargers offensively, whether it be running the ball where they only had 26 yards on 12 attempts or passing the ball where they had 195 yards on 39 attempts. It was just everything looked difficult for them this week and that's not what we've come accustomed to with Justin Herbert under center. When you look at Lamar Jackson's stats, he didn't even have that good of a game. Um, he only passed for 167 yards. He threw two interceptions, but he still looked good moving the ball downfield at times. And he didn't have to do anything spectacular because his defense was there to support him and made the game really easy. They could just lean on the run game. 187 rushing yards actually ran for more yards than passed. So it's not often you see that, but that just sums up the Baltimore Ravens in a sentence. And they are looking really good at the moment. I think um, you've got to have confidence in them now because they just keep stepping up to the plate. I want to give a quick mention of head coach Brandon Staley for the LH Chargers who went for it on fourth down multiple times from their own half. Now, there's a line between having confidence in your quarterback and just being utterly stupid and he was on the wrong side of that line on the weekend uh, i think they went for it on fourth and eight from their 22 yard line or something like that which is just ludicrous um that's just irresponsible for a coach to do and 
no matter what the deficit is or the time of the game, you just cannot go for it on fourth and eight from your own uh, 22 yard line. It's just ridiculous stuff. So he needs to be a bit better. The Chargers need to forget this game quickly and move on. And the Ravens, TD, are the Ravens genuine Super Bowl contenders? And I'll get your opinion as well, Daz, because I know you both had them as Smokies for the Super Bowl in the preseason. Do you think they're genuine contenders now? That's a tough one for me. I, I don't know how I feel about the Raiders. They've kind of um, flown under the radar as well. They lost in week one, um, and now I think they've won five straight. So they, yeah, yeah, they've won five straight, something like that. So I, I think they're, they're probably a chance to contend in the AFC. I don't think they're, they're a real chance at a Super Bowl um, just yet. I, I'd kind of want to see it um, for a you know, longer period of time, but they, they have shown up you know, against some of the league's top top teams. So that's a really good sign for them. Yeah, absolutely great sign. And the fact that they're a top five team, uh, well, definitely in the AFC and they have the longest injury list is just outstanding. But does the question need to be asked, how do they go um, fully fit? Are they a team that can uh, thrive without uh, turmoil? That has been a thing, especially in other sports. We've seen it a lot in the NBA. If it goes, uh, If it goes a bit too well towards the end of the year and, uh, things can fall away, but all this extra motivation and this was just a statement win. So I'm feeling good about my pick. So I think in a very long way, I'll say, fuck it. Yes, I love them where the Ravens are. All right. That leads me into the Giants and the Rams. And uh, this kind of went as we thought it would, a 38 to 11 win to the Rams TD in the MVP race. What tier do you put Stafford on? I won't make you put a number on it, but whereabouts is you, do you think? Yeah, I think he's very close to the top. And if one of you wants to bring up the odds or um, or something about the MVP, I haven't really seen you know odds or favourites at the moment. But I've I got him at eighteen bucks. So you beauty. Yeah, well that's handy. Um, but if you, I think if guys like Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, you know, Josh Allen are kind of tier one A, I'd say he's probably tier one B. Um, he's probably just lacking that scrambling ability. I think um, you know them other three quarterbacks I mentioned. They can move around with the ball and make plays with their legs, and you don't see that much from Stafford. And it's kind of, um, you know, I guess it's not a, a fault of his, but it's just, you know, when you're watching games, sometimes you watch Kyler Murray and those plays where he runs around and dodges three defenders, it really captures your attention. Um, and you don't really get that from Stafford, although he plays, you know, really well, played really well in this game, and he has all year. He's top five in yards and touchdowns. And the Rams are scoring a lot of points in the back of it. Uh, the deep ball is deadly. It's one of my favorite um, deep balls to watch is the the deep ball from Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup or Van Jefferson or Deshaun Jackson. You know, you name it, he'll throw it to him. And it's, it's really good to see. And it feels like every game he's got one play of 40-plus yards um, and they just keep coming. It's really good to see. He's been, he was super efficient in this one. You know, Smithy said it was a game made for Stafford and he wasn't wrong. He went 22 of 28 for over 250 yards and four touchdowns. Cooper Cup is a stud in this offense. You know, I really liked him coming into the season, uh, but even I didn't expect numbers like this um, and constant numbers too. It's not just, you know, a couple of hundred yard games here and there. I think he's had a hundred yards in just about every game, maybe minus one or two. Uh, the run game for me, for LA, it's flying. It's really going under the radar. Daryl Henderson, he's very consistent, just under five yards per carry for the season. I had doubts about the Rams' run game this season uh, with the injury to Sony Michelle, uh, but they're giving me the middle finger. They're playing really well, and, and they don't really need a great 
run game with Stafford at, at quarterback. You, you just need a competent run game, and that's what they have. It's probably better than that as well. Uh, the Giants did have injury concerns coming into the game. I thought Daniel Jones probably still had concussion symptoms the way he played. Three interceptions and two fumbles. Oh. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Stop. <laughs> oh, God. What? <laughs> he didn't have his best game. Um, and oh, yeah, he, boy. He'd been good taking care of the ball this year, and he gave it away five times or four times. He They recovered one of his fumbles, um, and hopefully this is a one-off um, for those kind of stats this season. Darius Tony didn't last long either before hurting his ankle, and you know nothing went New York's way after that. I think both teams are trending in opposite directions. Uh, the Rams, to me, look like, you know, they look like a Super Bowl contender. Uh, and the Giants, they kind of look like they're contending for a top five, top ten pick. Yeah, they absolutely are. Now, Smithy, we're obviously uh, down here in a little country at the bottom of the earth. Do you find it, not sad, but do you find it a bit strange that a city as powerful as New York is producing, you know, two of the top five worst teams in what is quickly becoming you know, our, uh, what is becoming, in our opinion, one of, if not the best games in the world? Yeah, it's a bit bizarre how bad sport in New York has been mm. since the time I've followed American sport, at least. Um, the Knicks, the Jets, the Giants. Um, I'm not across baseball, mm. but... Um, yeah, the Yankees are carrying that city on their shoulders like nothing hey, else. Yeah. The Yankees stink right now for a, for, a, uh, for a league that's got no salary cap and they spend just about more money than anyone else. Uh, yeah, they stink. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, baffling, <laughs> it's baffling how bad sport in New York is at the moment, but um, they'll always have the title of New York, so I'm guessing they're going to bounce back. But I will just bring up the uh, NFL MVP market mm. in uh in a market in australia i was going to back you up by saying he's uh, a few tiers down because he's actually equal fourth in favoritism Ooh. but i went down the list and teddy bridgewater has better odds than derrick henry to win the mvp so this is just irrelevant oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's like getting a hug and then a punch in the face at the same time so thanks for that smith appreciate that um, but you know, he could be a cash out option later on. I'm not giving people betting advice. That's uh, that's Smithy's department. Let's move on to the Browns and the Cardinals and Arizona are just doing no wrong at the moment. 37 to 14 was the win. Baker got hurt late and it didn't seem like much was going right for the Browns barring a, a magnificent Hail Mary uh, at the half. But uh, Smithy, are there any adjectives left to describe Kyler's start? Because I think we're starting to run out. Yeah, I've run out. Um, all I can say is my man is absolutely dominating at the moment. The, the fact that it. he was your MVP pick in our preseason, but then you changed to Josh Allen just before week one, that that's the biggest middle finger anyone's given us during the year, I think, and it's well-deserved. Yeah, so I've got the two front runners, I guess you can say. No, no, no. No, you ditched <laughs> the first front runner. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Kyler Murray has been my man. I did uh, nominate him as Absolutely. my man for the Cardinals, and I've uh, made it very clear how much I love Kyler Murray's game. And he is just ripping the piss at the moment. Uh, 20 of 30 on the weekend, 229 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, seven attempts for six yards rushing, which I thought was really bizarre. Um, it's very rare that you see him in the minuses for um, yards per carry. So that was weird. But the Browns, they came in and just nothing went right for them. Uh, Nick Chubb was ruled out uh, during the week. So they came in with Kareem Hunt as their lead back. But he 
picked up the exact same injury as Nick Chubb had and was ruled out for the rest of the game. So they've got their top two running backs with calf injuries. Baker re-aggravated his shoulder injury. That's been bothering him. Odell Beckham left the game with a shoulder injury. It's just everything's compiling right now for the poor Cleveland Browns. And I guess they couldn't escape that bad luck that's haunted them for the last 20 years because it's come right back to bite them on the ass this year by the looks of it because we were talking Super Bowl with uh, this roster. Well, not us specifically, but... Uh, a lot of NFL media were talking Super Bowl with this roster in the preseason. And I don't think it's trending that way with the luck they're having at the moment. The Cardinals, I don't know what about them makes them so dominant on offense, but they just seem to be unstoppable at the moment. Kyler Murray has so many different targets. Uh, Chase Edmonds and James Connor are a really good tandem in the backfield. I think they're both underrated in terms of their running ability. And then AJ Green has just resurrected from the fountain of youth to come back and be really good this year. They got Christian Kirk. DeAndre Hopkins is obviously a star. They got Rondell Moore. It's just so hard to stop this Cardinals offense. And um, I think it's going to be very hard to beat them throughout the year. I think you really got to take them seriously now. And for the Browns, yeah, I think Browns fans just need to hope that they can get some health back on this roster because We've seen them be good, but they haven't really beaten a good team yet. And I think they need to do that before anyone can uh, take them seriously considering their injury list. Yeah, absolutely. So the Cardinals next month, they've got the Texans, the Packers, the Niners, and your Panthers, Smithies, the next four weeks for the Cardinals. If they can go three and one, let's just say three and one in that run, are you willing to call them a Super Bowl contender, TD? Are we, what will they be, nine and one? Yeah, well, they're obviously the last remaining undefeated team, um, and I think the way they're playing now, if they if they you know stay healthy, and that's the same for every contender, so that's probably the most annoying thing to say in <laughs> in, in sport, I guess. Um, yeah, they they really are looking like one. Uh, they're six and zero, and since 1990, 40 teams have started six and zero. Thirty eight have made the playoffs, so that's a really good sign for Arizona. Um, I you know I really couldn't see a world where they don't make it. Uh, this year, the way they're playing uh, for the Browns, I, it's a tough spot for them. And, and they've got a short week before they play the Broncos, I'm pretty sure, on Friday. So, you know, injuries at this time of the year, you know, it's not really good. Uh, and, you know, hopefully they can have some of them key players ready by then, but I don't like their chances. I, but just quietly, yep. I'm saying this right now I am not tipping the Broncos for Friday night, or for Friday, Thursday night football. I've declared it. I'm not tipping the Broncos. Okay. <laughs> I have to, I had to get that off my chest. Okay. All right. So there's the first tip. Now, welcome to the preview episode, but no, thanks, Smithy. Appreciate that. Um, and if you flip on that, I swear to God, you're going to get featured twice in a row in a little segment, the Dazzling Hosts. I'll learn how to talk. Let's move on to the Patriots and the Cowboys. And speaking of emotional roller coasters, uh, TD, how's the heart, mate? Because holy shit. Yeah, it's definitely better now um, that I've had about 36-odd <laughs> hours to, you know, digest this game. And I'm still kind of not sure um, what I witnessed, to be honest. I, I think the Cowboys, they escaped with a win in that one. Um, the Patriots dropped to 0-4 at home, which is the first time since 1993. Um, you know, the Patriots, they've been so good, um, you know, not just the last few years, uh, but decades. 
um, and 0-4 at home, you know, that you wouldn't have expected that coming into the season. I thought they had plenty of chances uh, in this game to close it out. They just couldn't do it. I think they're a conservative football team. Um, they just had bad execution in this one. They couldn't run the clock out. Um, and even in the fourth quarter and overtime, they couldn't get stops. Dallas dominated this game, 567 total yards, 82 total plays, 32 first downs. Uh, but they really struggled, you know, to convert opportunities into points. And that sounds kind of stupid um, saying that about a team that scored 35 points. Uh, but not really much went the Cowboys' way in this one. Uh, and it, for me, it makes the win so much better. They had to overcome over 110 penalty yards, two turnovers, a third down completion percentage of 23%, and only scoring two touchdowns from five red zone trips, um, you know, which included two turnovers. And, you know, they, they kicked a field goal as well. It's super rare for this team uh, to be so bad in those areas. And, you know, it's a great sign they can still win when nothing seems to go their way. It was a trait of, you know, the Cowboys in previous years, a game like this, when nothing goes their way, they just can't overcome it and they they can't find a way to win this year. You know, they've found a way to win at least this game. Um, really good to see. I said Bill Belichick would take an aspect away from Dallas and he chose to stop the run and kind of, you know, hoped that Dak Prescott wouldn't beat him with his arm. And we, we kind of all know how that went. You know, he threw for 445 yards and three touchdowns. He's had at least three passing touchdowns in every game except one. Um, he's also picked up important yards with his legs. You know, he he distributed evenly. He had eight different pass catches. Seven of those had at least two catches. And I would give a quick shout out to Cedric Wilson, who um, made an amazing play in the fourth quarter on the, the drives to kick the field goal to send it to overtime, fourth and four, made an incredible catch. And if he doesn't get that, the Cowboys lose this game. Um, yeah, I thought that was a really, you know, underrated catch. The de- defense started slowly. Um, they allowed two touchdowns in the first seven plays for New England, and they struggled when they weren't for forcing turnovers, but the big plays did come. There was a massive Randy Gregory sack that was the first turnover. Mac Jones just got annihilated, and the ball went flying out. That that was one of the biggest sacks I've ever seen, um, and he just got to him so quick. It just wasn't fair, especially for that offensive lineman. He just shot around the edge, and you know it was over. Uh, they had a blocked kick as well. I can't remember the last time the Cowboys had a blocked kick. Uh, everything's falling their way. Uh, and lastly, Trayvon Diggs, you know, another pick six, seven interceptions from the year. He's had the Cowboys have had three uh, return for a touchdown. That's the first time they've had three in a season return for a touchdown since 2010. And I think this team's proving to be a different team from previous Cowboys teams, uh, teams that, like I said before, probably lose this game. And it's so fun to watch them play. I'm, I'm actually enjoying watching Cowboys games again, which is really good. Um, and I'm certainly looking forward to the bye. Dallas has a few players hurt, Dak Prescott especially. Um, they've got Lyle Collins to still come back. Demarcus Lawrence will be coming back. The horse, Michael Gallup, will be coming back. Um, so this team's only going to get better. And the Patriots just keep losing close games, which, you know, that's signs of a bad football team. Yeah, it definitely is. Smithy, is it fair to say that the Bills are going to be the only AFC East team in the postseason now? It's shaping up to be that way, uh, especially with a few... You know, that AFC West is obviously fairly strong with the Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders. Um, and we expect the Titans to be a playoff team. Uh, and the AFC North with the Browns, the Ravens, and the Bengals. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of good teams around the AFC. So, um, yeah, I think it's probably fair to say that now. 
Beautiful. Love it. Now, TD's got two games in a row, and I'm going to explain why very, very shortly. But let's go to the Steelers and the Seahawks. It was a bit of a predictable result in a Steelers win, but the Hawks made a fight back, which is why I'm asking TD, should the Seahawks be encouraged by their fight back or should they lament their slow start? Uh, I think they'll they'll probably be encouraged by their fight back, but I, I think they're going to regret the way they started this game. They had five straight punts uh, before they took a knee to end the half, trailing 14 nothing. They had 55 yards total and were one for six on third down in the first half. Uh, it's not ideal, especially when you know you have a, a bad defense and they've actually they made stops in the first half. So the fact you couldn't score any points just made that hurt a little more, I think. Pittsburgh, they started sluggish as well. They had three punts to start the game with 41 total yards combined on them three drives. They followed that with back-to-back touchdowns. Uh, and I kind of thought that's the beginning of the end here. Um, It just kind of felt like they were going to run away with the game from that point. Uh, But, yeah, they struggled to close the Seahawks out. They were outscored 20 to 6 in the second half. And, you know, a Big Ben ugly fumble, you know, without contact. No one touched him. He just pump faked and the ball popped out. It looked like that was going to change the game. Uh, Unfortunately, it didn't for Seattle. But they did get the ball twice in overtime. I thought they were going to win it. you know, don't ask me why, but it's rare teams get the ball twice in overtime. And I just felt like the Seahawks either win it there or, or the game ends in a tie. Uh, that's not what happened. Geno Smith, you know, fumbled the ball. An amazing play from TJ Watt uh, to knock that ball free. And I think um, a lot of people are focusing on Geno Smith fumbling the ball rather than, you know, focusing on the amazing play from TJ Watt. Um, it was incredible. He probably deserves a little bit more credit than he's getting, you know, that Every single quarterback probably fumbles that ball the way TJ Watt made that play. So, yeah, he deserves a lot more credit for that. And the Steelers obviously kicked the game winner and escaped with the victory. Najee Harris had 30 touches, which is the most in his short career. He wasn't as productive as last week on the ground, um, which was disappointing, especially against a bad Seahawks defense. And I think, um, you know, there's been plenty of criticism for Pittsburgh after three bad losses, including myself. I was pretty harsh on them. Uh, but they've had two straight wins. They're three and three now, and they can kind of head into the bye on a positive note. Uh, they're kind of within reach um, of the rest of the league, which, you know, they're in a good spot. And this one for Seattle, it, it hurts a lot. I think they're going to have to win, you know, as many games as possible, obviously, without Russell Wilson. And to have this game, you know, this game was in a position where they really could have won uh, and, you know, just fell away at the end. So, yeah, I think that one hurts extra. Yeah, I think it will hurt extra as well. Smithy, uh, this, we didn't really learn anything from this game. Probably the second one of the night. It was just sort of a game that happened and we moved on, don't you reckon? Yeah, I, I was really not excited for this game. Um, ended up being a fairly decent um, Sunday night spectacle. But um, yeah, I can't say we learned a heap more about the Steelers or the Seahawks in this one, to be honest. Yeah, that's it. All right, let's move on to today's game and what an upset. What a shootout, 34 to 31. That was the Titans over the Bills. Smithy got the pleasure of dissecting this one. And I ask you, my friend, is the mantle for the number one team in the AFC up for grabs now or do the Bills just forgive, forget and move on? I think the Bills just forgive, forget and move on. I still think they're the best team in the AFC. Um, I think they're the front runners for the Super Bowl um, in general, I think it's shaping to be um, a Bills Super Bowl appearance from the AFC. But 
King Henry just decided to go God mode in this game. And <laughs> when that happens, it's very hard to stop. He had 20 carries for 143 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, just ridiculous scenes. And he is just so hard to bring down. And he recorded the fastest running touchdown of the season this year. For a man of his size, it should be illegal to be able to run that fast. Yeah. Because if you can run through blokes, you shouldn't be able to run past blokes as well. That's just not fair. Um, so I felt sorry for some of the Bills' defensive backs today with that steam train coming his way. Ryan Tannehill had four completed passes in the first half. Huge. And, and Dolphins can, fans wanting back. <laughs> and, and they can still, the fact that they can still win games like this mm. with him having four completed passes in the first half is just insane to me. Um they should have been losing by double digits at the very least at halftime, the Titans. Um, but yeah, thanks to King Henry, they ended up going in only ended up going in uh, down three, which wasn't a bad result. And they ended up winning as we know. Uh, I actually really liked the call to go for it on fourth and one at the end of the game. Mm. I think you trust your offense and with the NFL's overtime rules, it's really, it's genuinely a flip of the coin. Who's going to win? Because <laughs> if you get the ball first and score, you win, um, which is silly. TD's mentioned it before, but it really is silly. It happened to my Panthers on the weekend, so it's a bit of a touchy subject. But I think with Josh Allen, you're on the two-yard line. You need two yards for a score, one yard for a first down. You go for that. He slipped. Shit happens. Um they're four and two. I don't think they, this is going to come back to haunt them. I liked the call by Sean McDermott. Uh, Josh Allen still played amazing football, and I am still really confident in the Bills being good. It was good to see AJ Brown get going in the second half. It's a shame that Julio Jones is on his hamstring again. So hopefully the Titans can move on to bigger and better things, but I'm still confident in the Bills. Still confident in the Bills. I like that. TD, where is your confidence in the Titans? Because this they've had a couple of good wins this year, but this might have been their best. Yeah, they've been really shaky as well. I'm um, not sure how confident I can be with them going forward, but it's a really big win for them. Um, you know, college football has notable wins, I guess, and different playoff structures, of course. You know, there's a committee picking the playoff teams, but at the end of the season, I think when you, when you look at this Titans season, if they can make the playoffs and maybe come up against the Bills, you look back at their season and go, oh, they, they did have one of those notable wins, you know, back in week six against the Bills. You know, it proves they can beat them uh, if they were to come up against them. I'm with Smithy on the the call from Sean McDermott. I, I really liked the call at the end of the game. I'm just not sure I was a fan um, of the play call. The quarterback sneak, it's usually pretty effective. Uh, Josh Allen's a great passer and, and he can scramble. So I think you've got probably a better chance if, if you drop back and, and see what happens if Josh Allen can, you know, pass it to someone over the middle or, or makes a play with his legs. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of aggressive football and I was a fan of that play call. Yep. Love it. All right. That's all the games done. And uh, the most astute of listeners are thinking, I uh, think you boys have missed one. Oh, stick around because Dazzling might actually snap. And I feel like that's something we should all enjoy together. But before that, let's get to TD's piss takers, which let's face it, is fastly becoming one of my favorite segments because our man rips the piss regularly by letting us know who ripped the piss over the weekend. So if you didn't catch a hell of a lot of NFL football, you've learned about every game. But now we go to the individual level, mate. So who took the piss apart from your good self? <laughs> yeah, well, um, I hope this doesn't come across as Cowboys bias, but at quarterback, I've got uh, Dak Prescott. 
I've been waiting all season to put him in and, and he's, you know, played well enough to get a spot in here. Uh, he was incredible in this game. He made some big throws, especially on third and fourth down and saved his best for overtime where he went five for five for 71 yards and the game-winning touchdown. And at times it looked like he could do no wrong. So I'm really happy he's there. Uh, running back, this one was an easy one, Derek Henry. He just keeps going. Uh, and in my opinion, doesn't get enough credit. Uh, we all expect him to have, you know, to play like this, but you don't step back and actually look at at what he's doing. Um, it's his third game this season where he scored three rushing touchdowns and you just go, oh, okay, yeah, well, he's done that. But we expect it, but it's just so impressive the way he's playing. Um, and as Smithy said before, uh, with the MVP odds, it's a quarterback award. And unfortunately, he's just not a contender um, for the award. But when you think about most valuable player, Derek Henry is probably the most valuable player um, so, yeah, you'd be nice to see him win it, but unfortunately he's not going to. At wide receiver, I was kind of hesitant to put this guy in. You know, I didn't want to have two Cowboys in, but it is my segment. So C.D. Lamb's going to be the <laughs> wide receiver. Um, at the end of the third quarter, he had four catches for 36 yards and a touchdown. Um, and in the fourth quarter in overtime, he went for five catches for 113 yards and a touchdown, which included the game-winning 35-yard walk-off touchdown. It was a breakout game for him. Um and, yeah, it's really good to see, so I'm happy that he's in there. At tight end, I've gone Noah Fant. He led the Broncos in catches and yards. Uh, unfortunately, they couldn't get the win, but we'll touch on that in probably a couple of minutes. Um, and just I was at work at the time. I was checking the play-by-play and um, just felt like every five minutes when I would check the play-by-play, it just felt like he had another big catch. And, yeah, he was really good this week. And defense, it's an easy selection for me given their opponent. I've gone with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, the Chargers the last three weeks have averaged 35 points per game and the, relevant, uh, the Ravens held them to six points. Uh, they had two sacks and an interception. There's not too many amazing stats that I can give you um, for them, but the fact that they could hold the Chiefs to only six points, um, that's a great effort. Smithy, you've got one chance for a rebuttal, mate. Anyone that's stiff to miss? Uh, I think he nailed it, the boy. Um, yeah, he's done well. Really, really happy with uh, this week's selection. So good shit, TD. All right. That, and from Smithy, that's basically, and I love you. So <laughs> let's, If I don't know what you're doing right now, but I highly suggest you don't put this out loud for people to hear that probably don't want to hear this because I don't know how this is going to go. And I'm the one that wrote this. But in a week where there's been quite a bit of shit going on in Big Dazzling's life, of which I won't bore you with the details, I just needed a little win. And I got one. And there are people that need to pay for it. Because I am, you know, I'm the host here, make a joke here or there, steer the ship, make sure you two fellas are on the, uh, are on the up and up. Uh, and you let the amazing listeners know what's happening. But in a twist, I let you guys know that not only were the Las Vegas Raiders going to win, but I would happily put... Uh, six on it, if you guys, six beers, that is. If you guys would put in three each, you both agreed. Uh, for the record, I'll take White Label, Jim Beam and Coke. Thanks, fellas, if we're taking orders. But the reason why you two are featuring in my dickhead segment alone is because I had to extract the audio from the video version of our Zoom file last week because the audio, the pure audio file glitched, which is fine, but it also means I got to watch through it all and I got to watch this part. And if I were you two, I'd be really nervous. Now, TD, I'm going to start with you. Now, you had to think about my proposal at the time. Uh, a little smile came across your face as you thought, yeah, you know what, Dazzling can pay for six. I've gotten a few locks wrong in a row. That's I'd quite happily, 
have some for free. And uh, didn't work out for you, mate, did it? You can answer this bit. Didn't work out, did it? Uh, didn't work out for me. No. You had some grace on the pod, of which I appreciated. I'll tell you what I didn't appreciate. The group chat messages that came through. I ain't happening, Daz. Oh, it ain't happening. Oh, you were this close. You were a bee's dick away from telling me what beer you have ready for me to buy it for you. Didn't age well, did it, mate? You can answer this. You can answer this. Didn't age well, did it, mate? No, uh, it hasn't aged well, Daz. No. And for everyone at home wondering how well it's aged, fucking John Bonet Ramsey's aged better than that take. And our man needs to get better because it's fucked. Because you know why, TD? Now, this is my point here, man. You've been in this segment more times than Colin Cowherd, the Dolphins, and Smithy combined. A man that is 5% laughing, 5% wears hoodies, and 90% shit-eating grin. I just, you need to, you need to be better. I, I don't know how many times I can tell you this, mate. You've been in this segment now four times. Skip Bayless hasn't made it yet. Can you figure it the fuck out, please? Because let's face it, you're like a cheapskate drug addict, mate. You're on very fucking thin ice right now. <laughs> right. Now, Smithy. Oh, boy. This is a prepared statement. Yeah. Now, as you know, Smithy, I've been moving house. And it's it's been tiresome, very stressful. But I found something in one of the boxes today. I found an original Oxford English Dictionary. And I thought, okay, this is going to be worth a bit of money. I wonder what year this was printed. And it turns out that I found a photo in it, mate. Did you know that you'd made it into the Oxford English Dictionary? I should get oh, you a plaque. Oh, I was going to say, I wasn't aware. Unfortunately, the, uh, the word that your photo is underneath is smugness. Now, listen here, fuckwit, because I need to bring some people in on this. In our ESPN tipping league so far, Smithy, can you please reveal what name you are on ESPN, please? And be yeah. honest. Uh, the name is Daz Can't Beat Me. Yeah, how the fuck's that working out, mate? Who's winning? Yeah, you're, you're currently uh, up on me, but by the time but by the time the season's over, that's going to change. Yeah, I don't think it's going to change, mate. And here's why: you're just not you're not there, mate. You're not there. You're worrying about your notes. You're worrying about preparing for the show. You spend more time putting gel in your hair before we start the show than you do talking, and it's got to stop. But that's not actually the reason why I'm pissed at you, mate. I'm pissed at you for this. Remember how I had to go back through the video file? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I said that they're definitely going to win this, you gave me a look like a little child stuck their fingers under their nose and said, smell this. The look of disgust, the look of disappointment that came across your face was unacceptable. Unacceptable, Smithy. Listen to me, man. Are you getting this through your head, mate? Yeah, I'm, because, I'm listening. Because frankly, I've had it up to here and I'm, I'm ready to snap. I've just about had it. So you know what, my friend? From the bottom of my heart, for all of the stress that I've gone through this week, for all of the shit that was given to me for tipping the Raiders, fuck you. And I'm not even going to ask you if it's fair or harsh, because if you say harsh, I'll fucking go you again. But that's it. That's where I'm at. I feel like a weight has been lifted. Smugness even in the dictionary? <laughs> <laughs> That's no a idea. great question. <laughs> it's a great, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's what you got out of that. That's a problem. Well, look, if if my if my uh, my smugness, as you would say, if mm. if unloading on me can make you feel better, please I'm don't say it like bullet. that. No, I'm happy mm-hmm. to take the bullet. I beg of you to redo that sentence. Let, let's let's uh, 
get on to the Raiders and Broncos game quickly. All right, let's do it. So you guys can go through how right Dazzling was, how wrong you were, and then we're going to get out of here. So, Smithy, you had the game. Um, I don't actually have a leading question for you, mate, because I'm just about at it. So take it away, mate. How did the Raiders get it done? And most importantly, how annoyed are you at the Broncos? Yeah, I'm just going to say it right off the top. Denver are the most fraudulent team in the NFL. Um, <laughs> how on earth could you lose this game with the with everything you had in your favor? The Raiders lost their head coach during the week. Your game was being played at home. There was just so much in favor of the Broncos here. And they royally fucked it. That's what they did. And you know what? I've been harsh on Teddy Bridgewater on this podcast. And for the first three weeks, you blokes gave it to me. He said, oh, he's, he's putting the middle finger up to you. You know, he's proving you so wrong. Yeah, well, this is the real Teddy Bridgewater. And you know what that is? Four turnovers. <laughs> he threw three picks and he's lost a fumble, as well as missing wide open receivers down the field on more times than I can count. The amount of times that he had a receiver walking into the end zone and he overthrew them by five yards. It was like getting strapped to a chair and having the highlights of the Panthers 2020 season being played over and over again. It was painful because that's all he did last year was miss open receivers. And this is the real Teddy Bridgewater folks, Denver Broncos fans. This is what you've got coming for you because it's not good. Um, Look, I'm happy for the Raiders and, Dazzling, I'm happy for you, my friend. I'm glad you got this one up on us because it's been a rough week for you. I'm really glad the uh, Raiders pulled through and it was good for the Raiders to do this because they were humbled last week against the Bears. Uh, Derek Carr was back to his really good form. 18 completed passes for 341 yards. That is just insane efficiency, insane yards per play. They're getting Henry Ruggs, my man, involved and I love to see it. And look, I'm off the Broncos. I'm so far off the Broncos. If I tip them again in the foreseeable future, I want you boys to slap me because I've had enough of them. I've had a gut full of them. So off the Broncos, good stuff, Raiders. Well done, Dazzling. Good get. I'm happy to cop it. Appreciate it, mate. He's like a fat guy at a buffet, Smith. He's had a gutful for the Broncos. TD, how are you doing with Denver, mate? Are uh, Are you on the train or actually are you off the train? Yeah, it's disappointing from them. Started three and zero, and and what are they now? Three and three. It's you know, it's a gift to start the season three and zero, no matter who you play. And I guess they played three bad teams, but you know, uh, to turn that into three and three, they've just absolutely um, shat their pants with that one. Um, so yeah, it's not a good position for them to be in. And I feel really sorry for the Broncos fans who thought maybe um, they had something special this season. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, if. I'll get, I should have probably apologized for the start, but I'll do it at the end. A uh, much more explicit episode, this one. Big uh, big Dazzlings, he's, uh, oof, he's not in good shape. But anyway, we got to the end. Thank God you stuck around if you're listening to this part. Uh, thank God you stayed. Uh, I promise Dazzling will be in a better mood by the time we get back to you Friday morning Australia time. Uh, Smithy, you've been great as always, mate. TD, dominating. Uh, Buffalo, my lock, lost. So um, might not be in a better mood when we get to the preview, actually. But, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Smithy, you're going to sign us off as always. We will see you next time. Fingers crossed I haven't uh, turned you off the pod because we actually are a good group of bikes. I love talking about our NFL, but uh, Dazzling's just about had it. We're only a third of the way in. So, Smithy, take it from here. 
Yeah, uh, interesting episode tonight, as I predicted <laughs> off the top. But um, hopefully you stuck around. Hopefully the explicit tag hasn't scared you off the future episodes because, as Daz said, we love just chatting NFL and it's a bit of fun what we're doing here tonight. I'm sure we'll have a laugh about it when the recording stops. Hope you enjoyed week six of the NFL. Can't wait for week seven. And if you're an NBA fan, our NBA weekly shows start tomorrow. We are going to take you through all the segments we'll be running throughout the year and review the first two games of the season. So if you're an NBA fan, stay tuned to the socials. Look out for the podcast episode. It's going to be amazing. We can't wait for that. So thanks for listening in. But most importantly, stay safe, everyone.